Good evening, everyone. I'm back. It is I, Patrick, your Game Master, your Podcaster, and your Harsh Taskmaster. Back again to introduce another episode of Cosmic Crit, all by my lonesome. Feels good to be back here and getting to open up the show once more. Uh, we have a very fun game to get to, so let me get to it. Uh, just a few announcements. We announced our first Friday fan challenge for October last week on Twitter and our website. This month's challenge is to create a commercial or an advertisement for Absalom Station Radio or TV. So you can write up the script and we will act it out. Or feel free to record your own and send it in to our email at CosmicCrit at gmail.com. Submission should be between 30 seconds and a minute. And they can be about anything, uh, from promoting a new movie, or an advertisement for a magical product, or a, a new starship design. We're going to send our f uh, favorite submissions a free PDF copy of either the Starfinder Core Rulebook, or the new Alien Archive, which comes out next week. An example of a submission might be like this. <clears throat> Try Edris's new Vesk Scale Polish, the only scale polish that gets that high glossy sheen that all the lizard ladies love to punch. That's Vesk Scale Polish, brought to you by the same people that make Android Rust Be Gone. Our patented formula keeps your knee joints lubricated so you can bust a move on the dance floor. We want to use these commercials in our bonus episode in November. A quick reminder that our Crit Stop bonus episode is to support the Extra Life campaign for the Children Miracle Network of Hospitals and, and Paizo's drive to raise money and support the kids. If you donate to us or the campaign for every $100 that we raise, we're going to make that bonus episode 10 minutes longer. The link uh, to help us is in the description, and if you like our show and you want to show your support, even $1 or $2 really does help. If you do want to support $5 or more, we will give you a shout-out on the podcast. So say hello to your friends, your, your gaming group, whatever you'd like. $5, and you are in. This episode is special uh, because after our gameplay today, we have a crit bit that you will not want to miss. Stick around as we interview Jason Keeley, a member on the Paizo development team for Starfinder. We talk to him about the adventure path, the Starfinder's release, and the upcoming Alien Archive. So that does it for this intro. Sorry if it was a little dry. We have a lot of fun stuff planned for October including some more surprises. If you want to know about them as soon as they happen, follow us on our Twitter at Cosmic Crit to stay up to date. Thank you everyone for listening, for your iTunes reviews, Facebook reviews. Those are all super helpful. So without any more shilling or hyping for things to come, may I present to you Episode 9, Night of the Living Diplomat. Last time on Cosmic Crit. Andis and Raimi now own a bar. We leave the Fusion Queen and we take half the booze with us. The gang is not unemployed anymore. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we meet Chexmix at a bar and have a throwdown awesome party as we celebrate our induction into the Starfinders. Andis did something very out of character. 
spending money. We went shopping. We spent some money, money, money. Mad, mad. <laughs> Episode commencing in three, two, one. Episode initiated. Well, it's that time again. Time to engage engines and make the jump to crit speed. We're back for more cosmic adventures. My name is Patrick. I'll be your GM forever and ever. And I'm joined by my five player friends around the digital table. To my left is a guy that is the president of the Culture Club, Drew. Pick a card, any card. To his left is a man with two brains, Jabert. Soy Hiberto. <laughs> Across from me, the space wizard who plays it by ear, Miles. Good evening. Next to him, a photon favoriting fighter, Rebecca. Hello, hello. And finally, on my right, is a towering powerhouse made of scales, Tyler. <laughs> hey guys, welcome everyone back to another episode. So I just wanted to thank everyone real quick that submitted to our Create an NPC Challenge in September. We got so many amazing submissions, and we're going to use... I think a few more than we said we were, which is which is awesome. And they'll be still coming out in, in future episodes. Uh, we had Mellow first and then last week, Gressamar. And I'm excited to, you know, for a few more of these awesome characters to pop up in our adventure. That was a lot of fun. I, I had way was too much Mello fun. Was the guy that, that uh, approached me at the and the Fusion Queen? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Could have been a, a dangerous situation as you're trying to lay low and dance, dance off, pants off. But be warned, NPCs, one of these days, you are going to get it. <laughs> yeah, no, we um, we did have some pretty cool submissions for enemy NPCs, you know, some some bad customers. Bad customers, you are going to get ejected from the store. Oh, brother. <laughs> How are you guys doing? <laughs> pretty good. I'm are doing wrestler impressions, man. I'm good. <laughs> are you Are you ready for some Starfinder? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Rebecca, your answer always is get to the game. <laughs> Stop with the crit chat. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, go to make friends. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to roll dice. Drew, is this the only voice we're getting from you this week? <laughs> Maybe. I haven't decided yet. Brother. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh man. I think I think I think Becca's personal hell will just be playing Starfinder with all of us as we delay the game. <laughs> Let's okay. start our adventure. And this week's adventure does not start on Absalon Station. <gasps> 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 uh we are millions of miles away in another star system altogether. It's <gasps> a pale gray planet with a barely breathable atmosphere, a spire-like rock formation set against a bleak black sky, creates peaks and valleys that meander like a viper over this planet's dead surface. While the planet seems dead, there are signs of life as ancient symbols carved into the gray rock dot the landscape. Andis, you walk among these formations, your hand running over the cold stone wondering at the ancient texts. 
A moment later, you hear the men back of the base camp screaming, their voices carrying over the rocky craters. A swirling cloud of red energy swarms overhead to the south, moving faster than any storm front you've ever seen, and heading directly for you. Andis, as you run to take cover, your exocortex freezes the scene, and you open your eyes, and you're back inside your sleep pod on Absalon Station, just another random firing of your brain's synapses in the form of a dream of one of your the, the past souls to inhabit your body. <sighs> how, how are you doing, Andis? Andis is physically well. Mm. Um, rested. Uh, well rested. A little disturbed at what they've just seen. This is, <laughs> I think, maybe a nightmare that they haven't had before? Yeah, maybe. Um, you've definitely seen just like images of uh, maybe the the ancient runes carved into the wall or this massive energy swarm of, of red energy but you you've not seen it all put together and kind yeah, of this might this might this video might have been memories most, like the most complete sort of memory like that that yeah but you've you've gotten great. tons of these before you know just like little sure. glimpses into into your into your past your body your host's past like like i said you think this is just random firings from your your second brain your your exocortex right right yeah great so we did all the shopping last week you guys are starfinders now basically and you're just kind of laying laying low you don't have a mission so yeah we don't need to role play everything of what your characters are doing with your free time but um what what are you guys what are you guys doing now that uh now that your first mission is done, you've you figured out who killed Creel and kind of gotten justice by by taking out his killers. What uh, what's what's on the agenda after that? You've you've got some time now. Jimmy's still not satisfied that the that the mission to him is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is still trying to in- investigate or at least kind of subtly look into uh, astral extractions. Okay, yeah, this this company, the, that's uh, the mining consortium. Yeah, it's something that that's been bothering him, and and he already kind of is wary of of large corporations and their meddlings with the lives of of regular people. So that that's something that it may not be an official mission, but he's he's still quite bothered by their possible not influence, mm-hmm. but uh, their reach, their yes. you know what 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 uh, what hands they got. The, yeah, the part the they're playing jar. in 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 this in this play. Yeah. So, is your character is Ramy doing this by themselves? Or are they are they still going the the loner route? Uh, they just doing like is, online infosphere research. Yeah, he's still. I mean, he still has not warmed up at all to the idea of of being a starfinder. He still sees it as a nuisance and is not really taking it seriously. Well, uh, when you took the badge the previous episode, you put it in your pocket. Is that right? Are, are you yes. are you wearing it at all? No, or? he he's not wearing it at all. Okay, um, he has warmed up to to Andis a lot. He, oh, your dancing he, buddy. Yeah, I mean, he he liked that they kind of went in on the shenanigans. But also, seemed to be taking it with a degree of severity. Uh, he finds Andis's kind of personal quirks to be a little enjoyable because it's off-putting to everyone else. And while he still has a lot of respect for Edris, 
Um, he's just not really wanting to play with the Starfinder Society right now. So he's kind of feeling just more agitated that he's been drawn into this. However, he is starting to warm up to it a little bit because it has put him on this path to potentially throw a wrench in another company's mm -hmm. potential nefarious dealings. Going back uh, to you, Jabert, uh, to Andus147, uh, your character has already gone through a bit of a, a renewal in, in just the last few days. It seems like you've gone from the the, the wizened old android, uh, maybe the, the doddering old android, pretty quickly to getting drunk and partying with hipster Raimi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone uh, Raimi's someone about a hipster. A quarter of your own age. Well, I mean, maybe to, to old school Andis. Is this, is this the dawning of Andis 2.0? Well, I think I think Andis is uh, maybe starting to find something that they're excited about again, mm. you know. And so it, it's always they interesting. Were, they were kind of they were kind of ready to. I mean, as as androids tend to do, they were kind of ready to die and move on. Yeah, now they're yeah, and, and move on and make way for another soul. And uh, so androids in that way are kind of like uh, hermit crabs. You know, you you outgrow that uh that shell and you just you, you leave and you go find another your soul leaves the corporeal form you know voluntarily and it's this process called uh, is it called renewal yeah it's called the renewal yeah and it's something like not everyone has to take but it, it just kind of works out that a lot of androids do but um yeah in the, in the last couple of days it's it's interesting to me as a, the game master and as someone that's really liking the fiction of the Starfinder world that both you Jabert and your character have uh, uh just changed slightly based on you know the circumstances that you've found yourselves in yeah yeah i think it's probably good for andis to be around younger people <laughs> well, speaking of younger people knack uh drew you said a couple episodes ago i think that Knack was beginning to appreciate the rest of the team, these these people that you're just kind of by chance stuck with. What what are your thoughts now uh, after your first mission is over and you guys have been able to spend some of your, you know, fairly gotten gains? So there's there's only one problem with the gains that we've gotten so far. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could have gotten more. Uh, small potatoes. Small potatoes. We're getting back into the game. We're getting back into the... To, to the mix where we're meeting people we're, we're making connections and though our first mission might be over I feel like the the fun and profits are only scratching the surface so far so yeah your character knows knack knows well that the starfinders have access to a lot of things that just regular you know people on epsilon station don't have access to it that badge that you, you have now kind of does open up a lot of doors and, and commands a, a good deal of respect. Uh, are you wearing the Starfinder badge? I've got it on, on your, me. Your uh, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's not, uh, it's not obvious. It's not an obvious place, but I can have quick access to it whenever I need it for, for what we're doing. <laughs> Is but, it inside your Jekyll lapel and you just like flash it like boom, boom. sometimes, uh, here's the thing though. <laughs> See, you know, I have an eye for talent and there is this Solarian. It seems like two days ago they drew first blood, but now they are just taking care of business in mm -hmm. every interaction. Well, you, got, you got her and you got uh, Edros, which are they just two giant meat shields, murdery meat shields for, for Little Knack? 
look, you got you you got the 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 wonderkind uh, fire throwing person, and you got the big vesk. Uh, monstrosity. No offense, Adras. Uh, I don't think you're actually a monstrosity, but that's what I'm calling you on the street so that people know that we're serious. <laughs> Adras, the monstrosity. <laughs> do, do the wrestling, voice, Drew. Do the, do the wrestling. We've got in this corner Adras, the monstrosity, his new tag team partner, Alindra Valens. They call her the fire thrower. They call her Solar Sword. She can take anybody down. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> So good. Uh, I, I want to get through everyone here. So real quick, Tyler Adros has spent, you know, your life adventuring, rebelling, being a thorn in the side of anyone in positions of power. But you joined up with the Starfinder Society pretty easily. What's going through your character's mind right now? Oh, I mean, I, th- I think Edris is happy to be working with a team again. He kind of did a he was solo for quite some time and this is the first time you know with the exception of he's he did he has worked with Raimi before in the past and with the exception of that though this is the first kind of sizable team that he's worked with uh, in a while and Mm. it feels good but at the same time you know he that last experience didn't end very well for him yeah so you were not the the hero that saved the day basically (laughs) This uh, uh, Alindra kind of stole some thunder. I I, w- I was surprised by that, just mechanically <laughs> in the game. I mean, yeah. I mean, Edris definitely sees himself as the as uh, a warrior, of, you mm-hmm. know, and a very strong warrior. And he found himself in a position where he was so injured that he couldn't like just rush into fight like he wants to. And mm-hmm. uh, but Alindra was, and so uh, he recognizes Vesk in general, recognize the strength that Solarians kind of possess. And so he, he knows that, uh, she's strong and he likes that, but at the same time, you know, he, he wants to fill that role. So that, that part is conflicting, but he is happy to be working with the team again and joining the Starfinders. I I mean, he, it's interesting because he's never been a part of an actual legal organization. So it's, mm-hmm. this is very new to him, but he's also pretty happy because I think one of the things that he would want to look into on his downtime is if he can look at the docking manifest of what ships have docked in Absalom station, flight plans, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that will be a lot of computers checks that we can run, but maybe you have someone on your team that could help you run them when you, mm-hmm. when you have some more, some more time, yeah. some more access to the lower spire complex, perhaps. Exactly. He's very happy to be to finally have access to this just Database. some more information that can help him with his long term goals. And and finally, Alindra, you're uh, maybe after you guys went on your shopping spree, you're headed back to Professor Pasalar's apartment. How how is Alindra doing? She's been in a whole bunch of fights. <laughs> it seems like over just like two or three days. And yeah. has been taking them in stride. Yeah, I, I, but she's she's still kind of reeling. I mean, it, she's been going nonstop, it seems like, for the last couple of days and mm. um, has had a lot on, on her mind to have the conclusion of this mission, um, to, to see this through to, to, to its conclusion. She's finally getting a chance to sort of reflect on what has happened. Um, and I think it's 
it's not so much the death that bothers her. I mean, I think that she feels like that was well deserved, and these were bad guys that were, you know, hurting other yeah. people. Um, no, no moral compunctions. About no, it's not really a moral thing. Slice them, slice them, dice them. But it is reminding her that, like, she has this power, and while she seems to have proven herself and and is feeling much more confident than she did two days ago. She's uh, got this renewed desire to really connect with the Solarians, um, find the Solarians that might be part of the Starfinder Society or in Absalom Station to kind of pick their brains and get some um, guidance on how Mm -hmm. to really hone her skills more than she has been. I mean, that's why she uh, came here in the first place is is to really uh, seek more information about about these strange new powers that she seems to have uh, developed um, she also them. you just kind of stumbled into them well so yeah. you you don't know too too much about being a solarian but you you trained with your mother for many years uh she's a, a blade instructor so when when you first formed your your energy weapon i imagine it just you know came pretty naturally from from uh combat training back on castravel yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, she's she's familiar with melee, but it, I mean, the whole Solarian thing is is just kind of a mystical uh, thing that she's uh, read a little bit about, but really doesn't know a whole lot about. So, um, yeah. she's still seeking more information about that. Um, and I mean, again, that's part of why she was really uh, keen to join the Starfinder Society is is to get closer to knowledge about that um stuff that's kind of their mission is to you know seek out and, and collect information across the the universe the starfinders right um, and but just you know she's a bit of a nerd so more information <laughs> is i mean she's like chomping at the bit so um she's also been reflecting on how she has fit into this group i mean she's come from an apprenticeship on a on a desert island basically um this planet that was uninhabited the exception of master Pastelar. Um, so she's not really used to working with people a whole lot, um, especially yeah. over the last couple of years. Um, but she feels like she's fitting in pretty well, considering. Um, and she's she's gaining more confidence, um, not only because of her abilities, but also because she has the support of these teammates. Um, and in particular, um, she's reflecting on the fact that she feels a, a certain affinity for Edris, like she feels that he has been really inspirational to her being another melee fighter and so Mm. strong Mm. and so um, confident on the battlefield. She wants to emulate that. Um, So, so he's been kind of the, the person he's, she's been really looking up to in in the group uh, and has kind of, yeah, is, is using as, as a bit of a role model. um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he is completely 100% comfortable with, with taking life taking you know gang members lives especially and you've seemed to have followed suit uh Alindra is pretty pretty comfortable uh w- with taking out bad guys right yeah D- does that give you rebecca or Alindra any pause any any cause for reflection over the next couple of days um a little bit, but I mean, again, I, I, I kind of feel like they had it coming. I mean, these were bad people, you know. Um, the only ones that I have a little bit of pause about are the level twenty one crew, but only because she learned after the fact mm-hmm. what their true like 
alignment was. Um, I think had she realized, of course, she wouldn't have um, engaged in the way she did. But I, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. So um, I, Rebecca, I'm not going to judge my character for for taking the actions that she did. So uh, when you get back to Pastelar's apartment, you turn the corner in in the apartment building on his floor, and you see Absalom Security Corps members in, in the hallway uh, right outside his door, and they see you and, and wave you down to, to to come and talk to them. They say, uh, "What uh, what are you doing here?" Um, this is my my friend's apartment. I'm staying here with his permission. Uh, why are you here? You get closer to the door and you can tell that looks like it has been, uh, maybe the, the mechanism has been tampered with and it's, you know, kind of uh, slightly ajar off its, uh, off its track. And they say uh, uh, there was a, a break in and entering. Uh, alarms went off. You, you say you're, you're staying here? Yes, but I haven't seen Master Passalar. Have you seen him? That's... One thing that uh, we were hoping to ask you and, and some of the neighbors here. Um, do you have any way that we can contact him? Um, I'm not sure. He left me a video message when I arrived a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, we, we have access to his system. Yeah, it, it uh, doesn't seem like he's uh, been spotted here in the building for over a week. Um, is there is there some place uh, that you can stay? Can you, can you find some other accommodation uh, maybe over the next few nights? Because uh, we're going to be conducting some some investigations here. Um, yes, I, I'll, I'll get in touch with my friends and uh, see if they can recommend a place. Good, good. Um, please, uh, uh, if you know, he he tries to get your uh, contact information and he hands you uh, a card for uh, the security core. Yeah, just uh, kind of shoots you down down the hall after that. So uh, hold on, before I leave, uh, mm-hmm. can you can you get in touch with me if you hear from him, and uh, just so I know that he's okay? And I'll do the same for you. If I hear from Master Pasolar, I will absolutely alert you of his presence. Oh uh, yes, we we thank you very much if you do that, and we will contact you uh, as soon as we can track him down. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, so you leave, and they continue their their inspection of the apartment. There's a few technicians, and you know they're carefully um, there's some broken items you can see as you're, you're walking by the door. Uh, one of them is putting a digital f- broken photo frame into an evidence bag. Yeah, hands it over to a, a senior security corps member in the room. Uh, Sergeant Hanser, who, who studies what's on the image for a while before going, hmm, and, uh, and putting it into his personal bag. What, Alindra, do you want to do for lodging? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm homeless. <laughs> there's plenty of of beds on Epsilon Station. There's sleep pods. There's economy rooms. You can get, you know, a nice hotel room for like five credits a night or something pretty negligible. Um, I think most of these guys. Is there mid-range, like a and b or something? The the economy is, is the mid-range. I want to say it's three credits per night, but we'll, we'll double okay. check on Does it come with a, with a um, continental? breakfast brunch it's <laughs> it's just bagels and cold cereal okay um uh, i can work patrick, with that i can work with that yes um, jibbert patrick if if uh if you'll allow it i imagine there's probably a cot that andis keeps in the shop so if she wanted to sleep in the shop i, I imagine that'd probably be okay would you like to sleep in a, a freezing dry metal dog <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the offer. I've always found but... it. I've always found it quite comfortable. <laughs> Actually, I have a tent for six, so we technically could all, you know, camp out. You go camp out. 
Yeah. Make s'mores. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take an economy room. Uh, so that is, I think, maybe the third or fourth day since we've started playing. And uh, we, we don't have the roleplay everything you guys did, but you have, like I said, some downtime to yourself. You can you can spend it on, on what you're talking about, um, doing your own investigations. You can hang out together, go to the HUD bar. Uh, we don't need to roleplay all of it. Like I said, um, we're, we're just going to fast forward and get to more incident at Absalom Station action. Awesome. Um, Am I at full hit points now since I've had a few days? (laughs) Just ready to go. I don't think so. So like I said, every day you get back uh, one hit point. If if all you want to do is spend the day resting, I think you can get back a couple, but Well, I mean I only need one more hit point. Am I Oh yeah, then you're you're fine. Okay, great. Uh, You said you said we've had two days of downtime? Yes. So between um, your shopping day and then this day it's been a couple. Okay. So in that downtime, since I mm-hmm. have my my ring attuned, have I heard anything about astral extractions or Creel? Well, I mean, where are you going? Are you just going to like bars and stuff, or hanging out uh, at your hotel? Yeah, I've been I've been kind of going to to bars. I have uh, Andis kind of with me, just kind of hanging out in different little little nooks and crannies of not necessarily the underworld, but you know we've. We've kind of gone back to our our little hidey hole bar, and we've yeah, gone to the HUD and, and other various places, just kind of like popping around. We'll role play it really quickly. Um, uh, Miles, uh, have Ramy give me first a perception check. Now, is uh, perception plus the hearing bonus? Yeah, I've I've got the the DC uh, or for trying to pick up stuff just in in random bars and in taverns and what have you. So plus five. That's thirteen. Uh, so you don't get too too many hits if you're you're hitting up a few of your your locales, but in this uh, one quieter bar, uh, an Android joint uh, called the Click Clack Bar, um, it, it's you know like a quieter part of the day, and you do actually hear a couple of bar flies, uh, and one of them does uh, say astral extractions. Okay, uh, now d- d- does the and this is I don't think it's specified in the book. D- do I get any of the conversation, or do I just get the name is mentioned? You, yeah. So it just perks up at, when you hear the name being mentioned. But yeah, you you know that these guys they're like kind of you know huddled up against the bar and um, you know across the room from you. But uh, it just like magically highlights uh, when they say one, one of them says astral attractions. Okay, so I, I assume Andis is with me. Uh, yeah, is yeah depending on well, depending on what part of the day it is, uh, Andis would join you. Um, Andis is trying to; uh, they've been away from Nazumi, their board for you mm-hmm. know, a couple of days now, so they need to check in and make sure everything's going good at the shop. Oh, but, it um, is. Everything's fine without you. You, you worry too much. Um, so let's. Uh, do you guys, if you're in this uh, in the bar together, uh, the Klukak bar, the, this these are a couple of uh, Android dock workers. That Ramy, you overhear them say this. Do do you want to talk to them? Uh, I don't want so much to talk to them as I want to see. And this might be more of a question about the androids of the Starfinder universe. Can I have? And I'll, I'll ask him. Uh, Andis try to record their conversation. Does he um, have like an internal thing where he can pick up on what they're saying or record it? Well, so well, well, actually, well. <laughs> Do, I mean, um, do you have an, an additional thing? Well, no. I mean, I mean, what I was what I was gonna say was uh, the exocortex um, allows you to allows you a bonus on like to recall information. 
Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could conceivably have that kind of like. So, if you if you want to eavesdrop, which is what I'm hearing be described, yes. uh, it, you know, that would be. Uh, but I don't have of, like a, I don't have like a directional microphone or anything. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> right, right. You don't have that blue yeti right in front of you, recording that crystal clear, crystal clear audio. Sorry, sorry. So you can you can either try and uh, diplomacy these two two guys and and chat them up or. Just try and, you know, subvert uh, their conversation yeah, I'll do, I'll sneak stealth, up behind so them. I get, a, I get a plus four for stealth, so I'm going to try that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> you walk up behind them and you hear a little bit of the conversation. It just sounds like they're talking about the drift rock and the, the, the ghost ship, the Acreon, and one of them is talking about the, the mining rights and the in the dispute. And when uh, you come over, one of them looks at you as you're you're standing over his friend's shoulder and then just kind of clams up and uh, they, they go back to drinking their drink and they kind of get quiet. Uh, speaking of astral extractions, I, I, Remy, you've been doing some research into them, finding out, you know, kind of basically the same story you've found out about a lot of very large corporations. They've got their fingers and and a lot of pies their corporate office is uh they they have a main branch on absalon station and it's it's located in the ring uh in blue rise tower and it's someplace that you guys can just go to if you want to try and try and talk to someone there is that uh, something that interests you it is i i would rather uh as far as that goes as loathe as ramey is to admit it i think he would prefer to go there with the team mm-hmm. typically because uh, when he, he works these kind of missions, uh, it's better to have some people uh, kind of put up a face. He wants to kind of blend back to the background. If he's just going to be picking up on stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah. going and poking in and, and putting a face to, to his name is not something he's interested in doing. Do you, well, I mean, well, do you guys want to go as a group? Is that something that'd be interesting to you? See if you can uh, put, put faces on, on the company. Because right now you have a couple of initials and their address. You don't uh, don't really know too too much about about the company itself or or what they're all about. I feel like. I mean, what are we hoping to. to accomplish if we went there and found out who it was? Do we kill the guy? Like what? <laughs> well, I, I, fe- <laughs> I feel like. Stop. <laughs> please don't do that. I feel like, or at least I think Raimi feels like, you know, while they were given this mission to find out why this Starfender member was killed, he doesn't feel like that solves the problem. Like, yeah. the the bigger problem here is that this company is somehow involved with hiring this gang to murder this Starfinder member for kind of unclear purposes as to what it does for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you guys if if you want to... Uh, or not? I, I think I gave you this option when you're just investigating the the corporations and investigating the the gangs earlier on. Uh, did, did do you want to put it to a vote, or do you want to just move on? We can, we can go to the next part of the the adventure. I mean, if Ramy called up Edris on his personal comm unit and said, "Hey, I want to check out Astral. I want to check out the offices. You know, do you want to go?" He would definitely accompany Ramy has no interest but he would do it just as a favor mm-hmm. um I, I don't think that's something miles you, you would think ramey would want to do is that correct i don't know i mean uh like i said he he, he would prefer to go with a, a group so okay. he can kind of slink back well Maybe do you pack a terminal or something do you guys want to do that now the question is what would we 
what information do we think we could find based on the security of their computer systems, the level that this might go to, you know? Right. That's sort of my thought as well. It's, you know, if you show up at the front door of a major corporation and ask them to see like a high level manager, they're just going to be like, why don't you get the hell out of my office? (laughs) Yeah, it feels like we're looking for trouble. Like, I I feel like we've kind of accomplished what we need to accomplish. I understand that it's not a totally satisfactory ending, but I just don't know what else. Like, all you can do is, is attract the ire of this corporation and i'm sure that they'll come up again that we will we yeah will but I, eventually I don't have really some... want to make enemies uh, with so them I, I actually have another question did we happen sure. to receive a response from the message that we sent to that's a great question well and... i will open up my data pad <laughs> and i take a look of course there is there's no response oh i well, would at I least would, i would tell you guys if there was well, at least it didn't say to be continued <laughs> Inside the data pad. Is hey, Andis, I think you should turn push notifications on your data pad. <laughs> so we know immediately. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that on. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if you guys don't want uh, to do that, we're just going to fast forward. And uh, later on in that same day, if you guys are, are you know, meeting up and, and chatting or wherever you are, if you're in your, your residency, if you're in your hotel rooms or at a bar, a messenger uh, shows up to where you're at. Uh, like a courier, and has you sign for a, a very small package. And uh, if you do, <laughs> all, all you do, uh, inside this box is a very small obsidian envelope. There are waves of icy vapor coming off of it. it it's like on a material that is, it, it seems to absorb light and heat. And when you open it up, you see it's 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 letterhead from the Yoxian Embassy here on Absalon Station. And Remind me who Eox is? Is that the undead planet? It is, yeah. It's a planet that is it's kind of a dead planet. The the inhabitants are like magical undead creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and and just to metagame for a little bit for folks mm-hmm. who haven't quite uh this was the thing that surprised me about the Yoxians when I was looking into their backgrounds. Their background. They're a member of the core worlds. They they are not like this. Oh yeah, the they, packed world. They're a packed Signer. world. They Signer. are. They're not quote the bad guys unquote. Um, well, the, the main species is the um, Lebrians, and they you know many many years ago were forced to transform themselves into undead uh, to what they say survive this ancient cataclysm that almost destroyed their planet. So they at one point they were, you know, just regular people, you know, like any of the other packed worlds, but they had to kind of uh, transform themselves into the quote unquote monsters of polite society in order to you know, just continue existing. But yeah, they're, they're a full uh, signatory of the, the Pact Alliance and all the undead inhabitants there are equal citizens in the packed worlds. OK, well, what does the message say? Right. So in bone white lettering, the missive reads. By the decree of the Council of Eox, the Nine Unspoken, and that which dwells in the dark, your presence this day is requested at the Grand Embassy of Eox at 9000 Parkside, within the Eye. There, when you shall assemble with your counterparts in the employ of the Starfinder Society, you will be granted an audience with His Excellency, the Chief Ambassador of Eox, Gevalarsk Noor. Say his name again? Gevalarsk Noor. 
Devil Lars Gnor. Okay, I would like to roll a sense motive. Just on uh, a piece of paper. Piece of paper on a piece of paper. Am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> well, this might be a, a. I mean, you rolled quite well. Pretty simple culture check to to find out you, you know what you guys know about uh, the planet of Eox and and what you might know about the the embassy. Yeah, you you've that. you've already rolled it. You recognize the name, uh, maybe not you know by <gasps> face. Oh, what do we have? We have a natural twenty from Raimi for a culture check. Well, yeah, well, and and uh, Alindra rolled a sixteen, and and as I think everyone here might actually recognize uh, Nack. Oh, maybe we should do Tyler. Tyler, can, are you part of the Cool Kids Club? Can you can you pull above? It's a DC fifteen to to recognize. Well, th- this this letter went to Andis, right? Oh no, everyone, you all got one. Everyone. Oh, I misunderstood. Okay, yeah, I mean, I can I can roll a culture. <sighs> 14. It amuses me that your your character once again is the the outsider, the um stranger in a strange <laughs> land as it were. Uh the rest of you guys do know that Givalar Snor, it's the head of the uh diplomatic delegation uh to the Pact Council, so he's like, you know, a, a big shot in the the Pact world's ruling council and uh you, like i said you might not know him by looking at him he might look like most librarians that you have seen in your time but you you have heard the name and you know that he's a pretty important player you know he's kind of like a he's kind of up there on absalon station uh, as far as so know, this people is an, in the government so this is an invitation we would not want to skip yeah so <laughs> to get back to your question you're not in trouble um, but it is, it's pretty, pretty serious. It's like if, you know, a president of another country or, you know, some kind of very high ranking official, uh, were to invite you, uh, to, to chat with them. Uh, and this frames his, uh, their letter from Justin Trudeau and hangs on the wall. <laughs> oh, jeez. Who cares if he's evil? He's got those cool socks. He's got those sweet socks. Yeah. So cool. Oh, Chewbacca socks. <laughs> Current events on the Cosmic Crit Show. Right. So, uh, do you guys you guys join up and and uh, head on down to to the embassy row? Well, I I mean, yeah. As soon as we joined up, I think Edwards would be like, "I have no idea who this is or what this <laughs> planet is. Can someone explain what's going on?" Oh, well, you you at least know the planet, you know, because it's like <laughs> one of ten planets in, no. in the system. <laughs> but no, I've not. You don't know the guy's that. name. I've I forgotten my name. I mean, technically, <laughs> technically, I should make you roll separately for that. Tyler, why don't you give me another culture roll? It's a DC five if you uh, to, to hear of the planet. I'm not joking. It's, it's DC five. <laughs> you know I'm going to fail this, right? <laughs> I cannot wait. These are my favorite. Oh, <laughs> I barely made it. I rolled a five. Nice. Oh, yeah, you've heard it. You know, it's like the sixth planet or so. You're pretty sure. Whatever. I, listen, I barely know what this planet is, let alone who this guy is. Can someone fill me in? Raimi Re- 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 fills him in on everything. Yeah. So, uh, Gevalar Snore, like I said, pretty pretty high bigwig. Uh, so, you guys, if you're heading down there, it's in Absalon Station's wealthy Parkside neighborhood in the eye. So, um, well, normally the, you say, I mean, it's, yeah, it's very well guarded and uh, the, the whole block, like the whole <laughs> sector of, of uh, the section of the eye is normally restricted only to Yoxian citizens and for uh, foreigners or people from Absalom station that are there on like official business. So your invitation to get you 
into the sector gives you authorization to enter. And yeah, so you get to the embassy, the Oxian embassy, and it's decorated in a style reminiscent of uh, traditional Oxian architecture, black marble and white limestone carved into these organic arches that as soon as you step in, it looks vaguely like the curvature of a massive rib cage. These, these vaulted ceilings, there's, there's very sparse furnishings uh, around the embassy. And stepping into the main hall, it does feel like you've been swallowed by some kind of massive black dead creature. As soon as you step in, a pair of undead skeletal attendants in, in armor lead you down a few hallways. Uh, you know, they, they take your, your invitations and they set you in front of a couple of iron doors that look like a million sharp needles pointing in like every direction. And you're ushered inside. It Inside may as well be a mausoleum. The ground is covered in a thick black dirt. A stone slab dominates the center of the room, serving as a desk. The chairs look like tree stumps of twisted black vines formed to look like hands reaching out of the soil. And candles burning crimson crimson lights. Uh, this figure sitting behind the desk. So, uh, Gelvarsk is... Um, uh, a necrovite, a, a, a Librian necrovite. He looks, he's got this elongated cranium. He kind of, you know, the natives of Yawks, very clearly undead. They don't have like flesh on them. There's this eerie light that burns in their eye sockets. Rami leans to Edris and goes, well, this isn't ominous at all. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. And this is very, <laughs> very weird. <laughs> he, t- he told you what was going on. Who is this guy again? I mean, you told me, but still not ready for this. I, I, I think very few people are. I uh, I can't believe I didn't. I almost failed a planet check. <laughs> a planet <laughs> crack C5 check. I was so excited so about funny. the possibility of you rolling low and be like, wait almost a minute. Happened. There's a planet named Eox too? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, give me your reactions. Here is a picture yeah. of Gevalarsh Knorr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> knock, knock, uh, knock. I mean. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> you must go after He-Man, you boobs. <laughs> it's in roll 20 if you want to take a take a, a peek at what uh, the Olympian oh. look like. Yeah, um, Everyone's reaction was Skeletor. <laughs> the, the skull... The skull is so inflated. It's just so much more... Right. I kind of thought yeah. Mars Attacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of like Mars Attacks, but it's just a skeletal head with greening, burning eyes. And I love it. And I then, want to wake up I to mean, it every day. Th- th- this particular picture, he's wearing like a red coat with gold trim and a raven so like, skull. Oh, yeah. No, he's epaulets on there. Like, he's wearing very, very nice uh, kind of formal attire. He's got a cravat. It's a Victorian naval uniform, you boobs. <laughs> right so uh he just kind of throws out his his arm and gestures to the the chairs uh in front of his stone desk and uh he waits so you guys get settled they close the iron doors behind you of and course he says, salutations starfinders it is most wise you heeded my invitation we appreciate the gesture Mm, welcome to Eoxian Sovereign Lands here on the station. Why did you summon us? Please 
May I first fetch for you some libations, perhaps some black milk. It is like the milk your bovine mammalian creatures secrete, but it comes from the teat of the venom scorpion spider hulk thresher beast, and it has a minty aftertaste. Nothing This for me. sounds amazing. I want two. Anybody else? You can black have milk? Mine. <laughs> yeah, the, the attendants come in a moment later and we'll serve you whatever you guys want. May as well. Yeah, win in Rome. Do you have whiskey? Uh, he just nods silently and his jaw kind of like falls down and then he like presses it back up. It's like, yes, yes, all, all manner of libations. So, <laughs> Raimi just gives him a thumbs up. You no doubt have surmised the reason that I have assembled you all here. Not at all. We have <laughs> no clue whatsoever. Anybody have a guess? Any, any guess Sense about? motive? Fight he man? <laughs> Since reason for asking us here? Uh, <laughs> what? what uh, doing, is that how that works? <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm, yeah, sticking I, with, I'm sticking with fighting He-Man. Yeah, uh, you, don't, you don't really have any ideas, but I mean, if you guys, uh, your characters might not have an idea. Do you, as players, have a guess? I'm thinking I mean, I'm, maybe we need to go to Eox for some kind of mission that he, uh, I mean, as an ambassador. Mm, Remy will be so pissed. Um, so, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. that one and of the this. ships that came in dragging that asteroid was Eoxian, that, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that that may be why there might not have been, if I remember correctly, there were no life signs on one of those ships. No, no, there was crew. They just did not come back. <laughs> they they so, disappeared. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, uh, and and this is also kind of suspicious that this may have to do with the Acreon, but that's possibly just because they've been researching or trying to follow that story as closely as possible over the last, you know, few days. Uh, yeah, so uh, he, he... a whole lot of success. Nor continues on and says, It has come to my attention that you all have shown some interest in the dispute between the Hard Scrabble Collective and Astral Extractions. The, That's correct. <laughs> the ship, the Acreon, which has been identified in the news that came back through the drift space without its crew and unresponsive. It towed back with it a chunk of asteroid whose worth could be millions of credits. If you don't mind me asking, what is... Is there something particularly uh, valuable, valuable about this asteroid? So, I mean, you... you in following those news streams, you, you probably know that it's kind of a rare find, I guess, if it is from drift space, but it's, it's a very, very large chunk of rock. And it oh, is, it's, this is supposed to be out of drift space. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So that's why it's, that's why it, uh, and the ship, because it came back without a crew has been quarantined. They don't really know what it's all about. Right. So it, it could really be from any plane of existence. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be from another section of of the, the universe, and the, the the crew just is not there to kind of say where they got it from. So, um, could it's, be from Galarian itself. Probably not. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be crazy. But uh, uh, so <laughs> first AP level one. Guess what? <laughs> you found it. <laughs> Why? Uh, so he, he continues on and says. While the companies have hired legal representation in the courts, justice here on Absalon is rarely swift and often slow. I, therefore, have offered my services as an impartial observer and mediator to the satisfaction of both companies. 
I now have my sights set on an outcome equitable to both factions. So, you're bringing us in some sort of mediating party. This whole deal is worth potentially millions of credits. What sort mm-hmm. of, uh, what sort of uh, payday do you think we might, uh, we might be looking at for any assistance that we could provide? If this rock does turn out to be valuable, our roles uh, stepping in will surely be honored by one or both companies, depending on the claims that they have on the rock. But step one, as my role as adjudicator, is to gather all the relevant information for each sides of this claim. Sir, mm. if, if you don't mind me asking, what is your background with astral extractions? As I said, I am impartial. I do not have any holdings in either of these two companies. Do you think in. that do you think that they can be trusted to not act against you if you are if you are if you don't find in their favor? He uh it it kind of sounds like he laughs. His uh his jaw just chatters on his his skull. He's like, <laughs> I <laughs> I fear not for the repercussions of what either faction can throw at us. We Eoxians, um, we have bigger fish to fry, as you say. So, I have I have read these reports on your interactions with the gangs here on Absalon. I understand that you are all very capable and discreet. The foremost qualities I look for in my agents. You are unknown quantities. <laughs> I've read the reports. I have my sources in the I, I think your I think your sources might be a little off because if you've looked at any of our previous ventures, we are kind of the exact opposite of discreet. I like how he's trying to sell us on our abilities and you are trying to not sell us on our abilities. <laughs> Look, I don't regardless, like being yanked around. Regardless of what Raimi has to say, I believe coupled with your unique skill sets that you are best suited for the work I set out to accomplish. And I would like you to cut through the red tape and tear out the heart of this matter and expose it to the harsh light of day. I am down for this. What is it that you need us to do? I would like you to travel to the Acreon, flying under diplomatic papers, and find out precisely what happened to the crew, quantify the apparent value of its asteroid cargo, and finally determine whether or not this drift rock is truly as mysterious as the new stations are making it out to be. I believe. We can 100% do this. Do this. Uh, yeah, so he's, he, uh, Nor is basically offering you uh, a job to, to look into to the Acreon. Do you guys have any, any questions? I'd like to sense motive um, to see if I can see if there's any subtlety as he is working as a middle partner between these two things just to see if he's looking for any kind of something or yeah other. go for it so that is 14 on the die plus five which is a 19 for mm-hmm. the roll mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i can of course uh roll an expertise die on top of that if i need to which an extra d6 uh so that's plus four to that so that's 23 all right so yeah you don't really get much from his facial ticks because there's <laughs> not a lot of face there going on but um, if you if you ask him, you know about that, uh, he says 
you know, that he believes in the power of diplomacy and he wants to avoid violence on the issue. It's, uh, the power of this office is derived from my diplomatic cachet in helping to provide leadership amongst the various packed worlds, the companies, and the races of the station. This small task will net me more positive news coverage than adopting a puppy or donating to the Dock Workers Union. I think Edris would chime in and say, So you want us to check out the ship in the rock? All well, and I agree with this plan. But I have no ship, and none of us have a ship. Is that something you can remedy? <laughs> of course, a minor detail. I shall ask Absalon Station to borrow a vehicle. See that you may have this Scooty Puff Jr. Whoever Scooty Puff Jr.'s ass. We need to go back and listen to all the episodes and see how many Futurama references we have in total so far. I bet it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Um, does anybody else have any questions for him? Uh, yeah, I would like to inquire as to any background information he has on the Acreon. If if we know anything about the manifest of the ship, where it was, where it's from, do we know anything about this? Yeah, so he can, um, if you ask him, he says he'll send you the full report that he has, which is like all the information he says he has on the the court case that is going on between Astral Attraction and Scrabble Collective. Um, just real quick recap, the Hard Scrabble Collective, uh, you know, they own the ship, the Acreon, or, you know, it's part of the, the collective, and they were contracted by Astral Extractions to go out and, and look for claims and, like, mark claims, basically, like, where they find them. So, so Astral they Extractions... Checking, they would have been checking a bunch of different places. Yeah. So and that's why we don't know where this is from. Well, pretty much. And they would have uh, rights to mining claims wherever they had found some, some rich veins or some, like, asteroids. Nor as an arbiter in this case before it goes to court which can take a long time because you know if it is worth a lot of money then they kind of want it as soon as possible the longer it goes into court the less valuable it is i guess <laughs> so yeah yeah um he gives you almost all that information and it's a lot to pour like contracts legal jargon but you can do that later on take some time and read through it yeah. anybody else any other questions no uh despite Raimi's petulance he's actually okay with this mission because it falls in line with what he wanted to look into right right so you're you're kind of investigating the the ship but also the companies great uh so he you know mm-hmm. uh, i was gonna, just gonna ask uh, how long has noir been the kind of the diplomatic the head of the diplomatic ties to absalom a, a good good while probably 15 17 years somewhere in there he, he might have served in various other diplomatic responsibilities before that but uh he became the, the grand ambassador maybe maybe the year 300 or so um, so i have, I have oh, so go. oh yes sorry, alindra sorry. rebecca yeah i was gonna ask do you have any hypotheses as to what we might find by investigating he leans back in his chair and says that is the great mystery there has been some investigations from afar, but they have yielded no answers. You need to crack the hull of that ship and look into its records. See if you can find any of the crew. That is your mission. Well, then when can we get our ship and when can we leave? Yeah, so as he's hammering out the details, he you know, invites you to, to leave. He'll, he'll pass that information along. But uh, as you stand up, he says, 
<clears throat> One last thing. A minor detail. Of course. I would ask a favor. He arches his hands in front of his face, deepening his fingers, you know, in the Mr. Burns <laughs> evil <laughs> look. And he says, Within the cargo hold of the Acreon package, one marked clearly with diplomatic transit papers and marked for delivery here to the embassy. As the ship is under quarantine, I have been unable to retrieve it. If you were to happen to finish its transit and deliver it to me, then I would consider it a personal favor and I would be in your debt. What's in it? It is bound for me. It is nothing transported illegally. It holds no contraband. But, as I said, you are in a unique position to return it to me. Of course. If we see it, we shall return it. I don't even care if it was illegal or not. <laughs> yeah, Ray- Raby doesn't care that much about the legality of nobody. It seems I have Nick thinks hired that because the right he's, crew. Because he said that it's not illegal or not suspicious at all, that it has to be both of those things and really wants to investigate what it is. Do you, you want to do a sense motive? Yes. <laughs> Roll both that d6 and your d20 because you're going to need every single ounce of it. Yeah, no, you, so that's a you 20, Even with the can't 27, tell. I can't tell what oh, it is. Oh, man, it's so high. It's The DC for him is so high. <sighs> even if he was lying to you, you would not be able to tell, which is great. He he, yeah, he betrays nothing on his face, but he says, uh, Doing so, I will transfer credits to all of your accounts. 500 each sound reasonable? Yes. Fair enough. How about 650? How about 450? Well, it's a shame we might not be able to find this It's a shame we might not be able to find this important package. Raimi just closes Nack's mouth and just <laughs> stop talking. Yeah, what's the what's the what's the strength DC to throw Nack out of a window? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the break DC of the glass? That's look. You know, all that's I, all I'm saying is yeah, he he wants question. us he wants us to go in there and get this thing. It seems like you know he either gets it or he doesn't get it. Uh, so. Yeah, and we get extra money, or we don't get it. Yeah, or I think five hundred is good. Or we find the item. <laughs> yeah, five fine. Or we find the item when we figure out what exactly so it's worth to someone else. So five hundred for us, and three fifty for Nack. That's a good <laughs> five, trade. Five, uh, fifty, three hundred. I, I love um, that you guys are business minded to to think about this sort of thing. It's not that we're not business minded. It's just that uh, th- through the act of you rolling, we have figured out that we cannot swindle this guy for half a credit, let alone. 150 credits. Yeah, we can't swindle this guy, but we can swindle somebody else. <laughs> oh my gosh, can we please move on? <laughs> Agreed. Uh, yeah, so you get up to leave again, uh, and you know he kind of nods and he says, uh, also, one more thing. This is yes. the second one more thing, for the record. He opens up his desk and a small, floating ball-shaped drone floats up into the air with an LED smiley face that lights up, and it, it calls out in a, a chirpy robotic voice and no, says, throw it in the garbage, throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Shoot it. <laughs> no, guys. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> oh, we have so much more to go through. Uh, he says, hello, I am Robob, your oh. robot observer. Oh, I'll be observing you on your mission. Oh, Please God. just pretend that I'm not here. I want to capture this experience cinema verite. Really get a feel like the viewer is right there with you. Oh. All right. Yeah. Come on, James Franco. Raimi and this, can you all do a computer check to hack this thing to destroy it or whatever? Oh, God. 
not in front of him, but I mean, I <laughs> yeah, no, leave. the uh, nor says, uh, this observer shall accompany you on your journey to aid in the education and ensure that all parties have no excuses after I make my final judgment. It will record a visual record and will be key testimony in my arguments. You heard him, I'm key testimony. That means I'm important and you can't throw me in the trash can. Like Remy, like, diplomat, I follow Remy holds one, one, one hand up and, and asks, does he have to talk? Uh, Robob, please, quiet. And, uh, yeah, it, it just, you know, goes on silent mode. Oh. It's, it's still zipping around. Oh, That's I think fine. it's kind of cute. Look at it, look at it fly around. Yeah, as long as it's quiet. Yes. Please take this, robot, complete your mission, and I, I have... One final favor to ask. Name it. <sighs> he says, oh, To be continued! No, no, I throw him in the garbage! I shoot no. him with a laser! <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> He's fine. He had like uh, that's four gonna do one it. last things to ask. <laughs> yeah, no, it kept going on. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> you never knew what was gonna happen. I got you with the, the false robot. <laughs> one more thing. Oh. Oh, before we go, Uh-oh. what did the black milk taste like? Oh, it was great. I mean, it it oh, looked it looked disgusting. It looked like liquid dirt, but it tasted awesome. It was like a mint milkshake, and you oh, don't know I, why you don't have these spiders on like every street corner just dishing uh, these things out. I think Edris has a new favorite drink besides oh. booze. Yeah, black Remy milk. Had, Remy had whiskey, so great. That's gonna do it for us. We're at you know, an hour or so, and I'm very excited to get our adventure. Which, believe it or not, hopefully. We're going to get on a spaceship. <gasps> Yay! Yay! We'll see. Maybe we'll get there. <laughs> Thank you, guys. If you can get down the hallway to the to the hangar, then... <laughs> but before yes. you get in your spaceship, I've got one last thing to ask. i got one last thing. Oh, one 20, more question. Wait, wait, wait. One more question. 20 Actually, goblins jump I, out. <laughs> I really do have a question, though. Uh-oh. Like, isn't the Acteon docked at Absalom Station right now? That's a great question. It is not. It is in a quarantine orbit, like many, many thousands of miles away. <gasps> oh, quarantine orbit. Yeah, I, I yeah, interpreted yeah. that to be like, it docked here and then we put it in quarantine. Okay. No, it, both the <laughs> ship and this huge asteroid are well outside the, the, the ship's kind of uh, gravity pull. It's in a okay. very low uh, yeah. high orbit. Less, um, gotcha. Great. Less so, did, did you have another question? No? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> Do you like jazz? What? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been in the Turkish prison? (laughs) Have you ever seen a grown man naked? That's maybe the most natural reaction to the question, do you like jazz, I've ever heard. (laughs) What? (laughs) You can continue. I'm thinking about wrapping up the episode anytime. You know, whatever. I, I'll leave all. Yeah. And, uh, thank you guys for playing with me. Thank and, you. And spending the time here on episode nine. Everyone say goodnight. Good night, everyone. Patrick, 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 Patrick. Good night. One last thing. Drink. One last night, question. One last request. Yes, Drew. Night, buddy. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another Crit Bit.
uh, Cosmic Crit Little After Show party. And this is Patrick. I'm your GM. We're joined by a whole bunch of the, the players here on the show. Tyler, Miles, and Drew. You guys are all here, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm still here. Oh, thank Absolutely. goodness. I thought I'd lost you. I thought you'd uh, played a little bit of my game and then took off. Thanks if for we're ever out. gone, it's because you, you've jettisoned into space and we, we can't scream out there. So <laughs> I've muted your audio. I've cut your mic. <laughs> um, but we have a very special guest uh, for this crypt bit. Please uh, say hello to Jason Keeley, one of the developers at Paizo. Jason, welcome to Crypt Bits. Welcome to the That's show. It. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We are... I love what you've done with this place, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> really good in here. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We we redecorated. We did not change the name. We <laughs> we threatened about changing it from Crit Bits. Uh, that one stuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> stuck with it now. Somehow. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, this is a little extra bit on on episodes where we like to to talk about Starfinder, talk about the game as opposed to just playing it <laughs> the entire time because that gets too exciting. And then also talk to talk to people that are you know making the game such as yourself and excited about the game it has been about two months now uh since the release have you caught your breath yet <laughs> no we're con- we're in a, a state of free fall all the time uh oh, making boy. the next book making the next bit of the adventure path outlining mm-hmm. getting people to write it it's a it, it's a it's a constant stream of things to do so that we're never bored for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and when I've uh, talked to Paizo people before about the publishing process and well, just long form publishing in general, they, they, they say there's, you know, that like year window and then there's like a two year window and uh, there's not really any like, Oh, Hey, let's take a break for a month or so <laughs> and, yeah, and not to uh, not do that. We get our time off on the weekends. So we're good. <laughs> that's good. Where we get um, to—that's when we get to freelance write the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, speaking of the the AP, uh, that is what we're playing. We're playing Dead Suns uh, here on Cosmic Crit, and um, you're writing or have written and turned in all of book four. Is that correct? Yes, um, I have. I wrote most of it. Uh, that includes the adventure and a lot of the monsters in the back, and mm. uh, an article on the city in which the adventure takes place. No, I'll try not to spoiler it uh, for the. Uh, I the I know secrets here. that they don't know. Um, <laughs> well, and, and listeners uh, that might not want to be spoiled. Yeah, and there's an article on the drift in there that was written by uh, Joe Pisini, mm. uh, one of our other developers and a friend of mine here at Paizo. Right, but you don't have to to worry too too much more about that because that's February. Is that no? Uh, yeah, that comes out around February. Wow, yeah, that's. So soon. <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy. It's it seems like it's right around the corner. We're in October now, so uh, it it definitely it seems like a long time since Starfinder's come out because so much has happened in these two months. But uh, the next big thing is the Alien Archive, mm-hmm. uh, which people as as we're recording this now are getting it, uh, both physical copies and if you're a subscriber to the the Starfinder, I forget what it's called, the main uh, rule books. Is that is that uh, the subscription? subscription I think yeah. yeah. Yeah, if if you had done that right when the game started, you get the core rule book, and this is the second book that comes out, which is the Starfinder uh, Bestiary, basically uh, from from Pathfinder. So this is Alien Archive, and uh, Tyler and I. Uh, spoilers: We actually got to get a little peek in there already uh, with the PDF. Oh. And uh, ooh, we're in love. <laughs> oh, but Patrick, but Patrick, my physical book came today. I'm looking oh, at it. 
Oh, nice. very nice. I'm, I'm flipping through the beautiful pages. It smells great, whatever, whoever made it. I have my disc. I have my That's disc a weird right comment here. to make. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely a, a really cool feeling leafing through this one. It feels different from from other books of just stats of monsters and things that you, you might pick up. There's there's a lot of items. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of uh, GMing tools, which I, I really enjoy. A lot of things you can kind of sandbox around with, which uh, I'm. I'm Excited to see what people do with, uh, especially those back chapters where you get to make your own monsters and do oh, fun yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, the, <laughs> I've already seen people trying to, you know, convert their favorite movie monsters and things like that into the Starfinder system, and they've they've got some uh, scary imaginations for the amount of damage <laughs> they're they're attributing to, you know, these, these aliens. Yeah, it's their favorite. It's their favorites. So they're gonna get yeah. Them. They want to get killed by it apparently, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's really nice to see my Starfinder shelf filling out, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. with uh, with more and more books. When we uh, since we're not, we're not doing as many books as Pathfinder, we're not doing mm-hmm. player companions and campaigning campaign setting lines and stuff like that. We wanted to make sure that each book uh, that we printed for Starfinder has a little something for players and GMs mm-hmm. uh, both ways. So that's why we have. Player stats here, weapons, new weapons and items, uh, as well as the uh, a new spell uh, in the back here for right. summoning monsters. Pretty uh, important one. <laughs> yeah, that's something we didn't have in the core, so we wanted to uh, get it in here. Um, and I think we did a good job of doing a nice new way of summoning that is slightly different from Pathfinder. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely something, Miles, for you to look out for, for Raimi. Oh, yeah, my, my technomancer. <laughs> Yes. I actually have a question about adventure path writing because sure. I I'm a complete noob when it comes to playing an official campaign. I've I've played homebrew stuff with Patrick before and a Numenera campaign with him, but I've never actually, you know, read anything other than a, a core rule book. So in when you're writing an adventure path, is it like writing like part of a season of television, like an arc? Is there a like a is there a, a whole story that you are trying to reach towards with a few books or is it each book is its own specific story and then the next one just happens to connect uh, writing um, like episodes of a TV show is is a great analogy for that because uh, and and at least on your sort of um, your better TV shows someone has plotted out an entire arc of a season let's say um, when you know these beats need to be hit at around these times and this is what we want to where we want to end up Uh, whereas then we just sort of then give brief outlines of each individual volume to a, to a writer saying, Oh, this is what you, you know, where you're going to this location, maybe include these monsters, you know, hit points A, B and C. Uh, and then it's up to the individual writer to sort of fill out, fill it out. And when an adventure path gets developed, uh, it is sort of make sure that the seams don't show too much between mm, right. uh, person writing part two and person writing part three, make sure that the end of part two matches up to the beginning of part three, because they're going to be necessary. Not, you know, those two authors aren't necessarily going to be in contact with one another. Uh, so they, uh, they might write two com- vastly different things. or They might have two vastly different ideas about the ending and the beginning. So it's, it is a, it is a, a, a effort of uh, individuals that is made into a group effort by, by a person who comes in and, and, uh, does all the, all the patching basically? <laughs> I another spoiler warning. I've got my copy of the uh, the second uh, part oh, of yeah. the adventure path, and it's it's completely seamless. Like I, I think if I didn't mention it to players, they wouldn't know where 
kind of the books <laughs> are, are separated, and which is some great. Adventure, some adventure paths do have a nice sort of flow to them. Some feel a little more episodic than others, depending mm. on what uh, the pa- adventure path is going for. The you know, but that's that's just just the way the way it is. Some TV shows are one arc for an entire season. Some are you know more episodic, like like Buffy, like each episode kind of could stand alone but then there might be a sort of overarching overarching story, story yeah no one no one told that uh, the writers of that season of Battlestar Galactica when they're all stuck on that planet <laughs> <laughs> about this uh, that there was no patching there first off <laughs> it was half a season all right, and calm. second off, it paid off in one of the best moments on that show. Oh, God. Drew and I are still arguing about that like a decade later. <laughs> it has been a very long time. That we time that we could have spent playing uh, tabletop games. But no, Patrick yeah. didn't tell me that he was GMing anything <laughs> until January. Well, yeah, so it's ridiculous that uh, we, we, we went to college together, Drew and I, and I don't think I breathed the word about playing Dungeons and Dragons or playing, I think at that point, uh, some old, uh, cyberpunk 2020 games, nice. uh, with, uh, with my friends from high school, uh, just cause we were into different things. And I don't think I was uh, ready to just jump into a big game mastering at that point. But since then for about the last five years, five or six years, I've been game mastering Pathfinder and pretty, pretty steadily, uh, the adventure paths. And I've just fallen in love with them. And I was really excited when the like the first details came out about Dead Sons because uh, well, one of the first adventure paths for Pathfinder that I played was the the first one, who's uh, the Rise of the Rune Lords. The name escaped yeah. me for a second, uh, just because I think when we had started playing is when that uh, hardcover came out and uh, I was very excited yeah, to have this yeah yeah this giant tome <laughs> to uh, to pour through. Did you get the crazy fancy one with the leather binding and that was like uh no, I wish I wish I could buy that it. now because mine has about five hundred pieces of paper and I I, <laughs> I broke it to pieces because it's like twice as thick now. You know, I'd put like every single map I, I drew out in there and uh, all the, the notes about what happened. Don't use that as a campaign book, but <laughs> buy a uh, uh some a separate folder for that material. Or like we're doing here on the the podcast, everything's digital. I love it so much. Yeah. All my notes are, are, you know, in email or in, in Google Docs, and it uh, it allows me to, to free up some some desk space when I play. <laughs> oh. it, was there any um, uh, to piggyback on Miles' questions? Any special difficulties you might have had with uh, doing basically like a halfway point, you know, <laughs> in the adventure path? Yeah, not not so much that because it, it is um, uh, the part I have is kind of a little self-contained. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to give away too much. I want to talk about what happens a little bit, but I can't. So uh, there was some there was some uh, just in general, just sort of that was the first obviously the first Starfinder. That's actually not the first Starfinder adventure I wrote because I wrote the I wrote the module first. Yeah, the the, uh, the uh, scenario first. Yeah, uh, and that's still, that's the one that Drew played, right? I believe so. Yeah, uh, yeah, Rebecca, I think so too. Dragon Con. Rebecca and I were at Dragon Con, and we got to play uh, two modules from the Starfinder Society, and one the. I, I, unfortunately, all my notes are upstairs, so I can't remember. <laughs> the, it was a, uh, a. Did you do commencement? Was I didn't do the, commencement. That was the. the oh the, no! I was talking to to Drew. Uh, yeah, that was like that's like the introductory one. I'm yeah. not. I forget which ones we you did. And we did. Said you we did into. that one, and then we did uh, in a a full okay. playthrough. Um, 
I can't remember the title of it. I'm sorry about that, but it it was Most a famous. with the 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 floating disc spaceship that shot out smaller spaceships. Oh yeah, yes, yesteryear's truth. Yeah, uh-huh. that's yours. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I wrote that one. Yeah, um, that had a lot of fun writing that one, and I you'll you're gonna definitely see more of those um, those beetle people. Uh, <gasps> mm-hmm. I, I wrote up. Uh, I can we, we, a sort of this is not too much of a spoiler because in mm-hmm. issue uh, volume five of the Avenger Path, there's a a, um, a an article in there that's just sort of more alien worlds and cultures to talk about that mm-hmm. uh, stuff, and so I convinced uh, Rob McCreary to let me write about these aliens to sort of flesh them out a little bit more and make nice. give them more stats because you don't actually fight any of them in that um, necessarily in that uh, scenario. So now they have stats and they are playable. They will be. Oh, that's so beetle cool. guys. Final question, uh, maybe forever for all your interviews is uh, uh, what's everyone's favorite alien in the alien archive going to be? And why is it Skittermanders? <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know why people are so excited about Skittermanders. Oh. To be fair, um, <laughs> made sure to make them kind of like different colors and real cute, and they look a lot like Stitch oh, yeah. for sure. Um, but a big butt. <laughs> but they're weirder. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was. I was. You downplay that quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything for people. If you haven't gotten your Alien Archive, probably about a week after you're listening to this, I think is when you can. Uh, if you haven't pre-ordered, you can get the PDF immediately. October seventeenth. Is that right? Uh, not sure. That sounds good. It's it's mid October. <laughs> it's mid October, <laughs> and if you haven't pre-ordered the physical book. I, I really highly recommend you get to your friendly local gaming store or, you know, your your bookstore or wherever you get your Paizo material and, and pick up the copy and uh, and just flip to S, flip, go to SK, that's, that's check that. out the Skittermanders, and uh, they will be both your, your favorite alien and they will also haunt your dreams. <laughs> is, is, this, is this one of the up. aliens that uh, has the rule set on the, the pages about them to make them a playable character? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can, you can be a Skittermander if you really yeah. want to. <laughs> so now I can't kill any of my players because they're going to come back as a Skittermander <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to GM nothing, for them anymore. No, what do you mean? There's nothing wrong with being a Skittermander. You want to help a lot. You want to be very helpful. <laughs> yes. yes, there. I, I was make, so excited. I wanted to make sure that they were different. And then they're going to have a sort of a goblin appeal, but I want to oh, be yeah. different from goblins. Kinda, yeah, well, so like a little gremlin-y. Well, I like it. Uh, and and having them sort of be like part of the Vescarium, I was like, why didn't the Vesk just kill all these little fuzzballs right away? Oh, it's because they don't – they're just so – they don't even understand that they've been conquered. <laughs> That's the fun, the fun thing about them. They're just like, oh, you're – okay, you're in charge. That's cool. Uh <laughs> Good to know. And then they just go do whatever they want anyway. <laughs> I, uh, I, I love it. I was really excited that you guys made them part of the Vescarium just because I play a Vesk. And I was like, oh, I can have an excuse to have one of these guys be like a friend in my backstory. Sure. <laughs> He's been in your backpack the entire game so far. You're like, oh, by the yeah. way, I, I have a, a Skittermander manservant. His name is yeah. Skits. This is, oh. It just hasn't come up naturally. Uh, yeah. but now, <laughs> How do I explain I, this, I guys? Wouldn't. This is why my backpack is an extra 45 pounds. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 
yeah, no, Miles and, and True don't know exactly what we're talking about. Nope. You guys gotta, All I know is that Patrick has been talking about Skittermanders for a long time. He was oh, trying yeah. to... Got to work them into the game somehow. He was trying <laughs> yeah. to make Cosmic Crittermanders. Um, oh, he's been yeah. doing a bunch of uh, Skittermandery lately. Cosmic Skittermanders just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Oh, oh so easy. <laughs> so, good. so easy. Thank you. Jason, thank you so much for being here. We're, we're going to wrap up this crit bit. And we're going to keep talking to you on more crit bits in the future. Um, until then, is there is there a place where people can can find and, and uh, sure. enjoy you uh, online? Yes. Uh, you can check out my uh, Twitter. Uh, it's uh, Herz Weston, H-E-R-Z-W-E-S-T-E-N. And if you can tell me what that is from, uh, you'll have my undying respect. Um, not just translate it from the German. Don't do that. No. But uh, just tell me what book or movie I'm not even going to narrow it down for you or TV show that's from. Then, uh, then we'll have lots to talk about. It, do do they win your undying respect once they've cracked the code, the enigma? Yes, Jason. Thanks so much for being here, and and we'll talk again real soon. Sure thing. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And neither are we. Until the next cryptid. <laughs> <laughs>